0: This is not what dreams are made out of today because the saddest news ever uh, that Hillary Duff announced on Instagram is that the Lizzie McGuire reboot uh, part two series that was going to be on Disney Plus is no longer happening. And that is why I started, started. That is why I decided to start off uh, this Thursday's episode with that incredible song, What well, Dreams Are Made Of, from the Lizzie McGuire movie, which is one of my favorites. It's a classic. I remember when I saw it, I saw it in the theater with a good friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine, Jesse. We saw it at the Hanover Movie Theater, uh, literally probably the night it came out. Um, and it was one of my favorites. I love Lizzie McGuire. I'm of that generation of Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens, Kim Possible, all those classics. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real bummer. But anyways... Before I get into that story, hi everybody. Happy Thursday, Thirsty Thursday. We are one day away from the final uh day of the week until Christmas holiday for many of us, or Hanukkah holiday, or whatever holiday you celebrate. If you don't celebrate a holiday, then you know, Christmas or whatever, holiday week. Um, I wanna be politically correct or whatever, but uh, I hope everybody's having a really good week, and uh, I feel like I'm getting tired. You know, I feel like my my vocal cords are like, all right, you need a break. And I've done, I think, over a hundred episodes this year, which is thrilling. And it, you know, I'll, I'll talk more about this on my fr- Friday episode, which is sort of my year end episode. Um, I'll do some stories, but also sort of recap my year and like my growth and like what I went through and how COVID affected me and my friends and my friendships because it definitely you know took a toll, as I'm sure it has on many of uh you all's lives. Um. But aside from that, not much new. I got to spend some time with my dog yesterday, which was great. Always makes me really happy to do that. Today I have a haircut and uh, just some errands to run. I got to do some Christmas shopping. I'm a, I'm a very last uh, minute person with that. Although I was thinking maybe I'll do it when I go see my family because it might be difficult to take presents on an airplane. But yeah, I am going to check a bag and also go to buy all my skin products from South Florida and, you know, just do all that shit. But aside from that... Um, I hope you're all having a great day, and I have four great stories for you guys today, starting off with, uh, you know, the Lizzie McGuire story, which I am going to pull up for you in one moment's time, because I'm so unprepared to pull the story. I actually have, um, my second story of the day is actually a really interesting one that I'm really excited to talk about, but before that, let me just pull up a story for you. How are you all? How's everybody doing? I, um, I'm, like, really sad, because, uh, 2020 was such a, you know, uh, It was a year of metamorphosis and change. I don't even know if metamorphosis is the correct word, but, you know, let's just go with it and say that it was. Um, It was a real year of growth and whatnot. Okay, let me find this. I don't know why I have not pulled this up. I am so sorry about that, so bear with me. By the way, happy uh, 40th or 41st birthday to Adam Brody. I saw that E! uh, posted on their Instagram that it was his birthday, so Seth Cohen is growing up. I feel so, like, OG. Okay, here we go. First word of the day is from E! News. Um... Basically what I said, Hillary Duff just confirmed the Lizzie McGuire revival. Tier tier is dead. 2020 strikes again. Hillary Duff just announced on Instagram that the Lizzie McGuire revival is no longer happening a year and a half after it was first announced. The show was originally going to air on Disney Plus, but after a couple of months of cast announcements, table reads, and photos, things began to go downhill for the highly anticipated show. Original series creator Terry Minsky left over creative differences at the beginning of January. In March, Duff pleaded with Disney Plus to move the show to Hulu, following in the footsteps of Love Victor, writing, quote, I'd, love to, I'd be doing a disservice to everyone by limiting the realities of a 30-year-old's journey to live under the roof of a PG rating. I remember when she said that. That's when I was starting to get a little worried myself. Um, now, Duff confirms that we won't be seeing any version of Lizzie McGuire anytime soon. Quote, she posted this uh, caption on Instagram and let me do the whole thing right now. I'm I've been so honored to have the character of Lizzie in my life. She has made such a lasting impact on many, including myself. To see fans loyalty and love for her to this day means so much to me. I know the efforts and conversations have been everywhere trying to make a reboot work, but sadly in spite of everyone's best efforts, it isn't going to happen. I want any reboot of Lizzie to be honest and authentic to who Lizzie would be today. It's what the character deserves. We can all take a moment to mourn the amazing woman she would have been And the adventures we would have taken with her I'm very sad, but I promise everyone tried their best And the stars just didn't align Hey now, this is what 2020's made of Oh, I mean, what a, what a smart use of uh, Hey now, hey now, the way she ended it But it's, it's a real disappointment <clears throat> Excuse me, for OG, hold on one sec <clears throat> For real OG fans like myself who grew up with Lizzie McGuire. She was a staple in my, you know, after-school television, uh, you know, ritual and television scheduling. Because I used to go on my third floor in my dad's office, watch, you know, even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire and all the Disney Channel original movies. I was that kid, and it's super nostalgic. When this first was announced, the reboot, it was so nostalgic. And actually, I can tell you now, because it's not happening, I actually auditioned for the show, the reboot, um, for one of Lizzie's BFFs, which was really crazy, and I remember getting the audition, and I was like, wow, if, like, the character ended up getting that, which, you know, was, whatever, really sad, but if, if, like, 13-year-old me had known that I, uh, was going to audition for this show, um, I would have been, like, you know, gutted, so yeah it's just a wild it's just a wild thing but you know what just as she says the stars in the line but um i have hope and i'm hoping you know 2021 is a little bit a little bit more optimistic in terms of um, creativity and whatnot and uh, maybe we'll get to see lizzie because that would make me so happy it would make all of our fans so happy and we'd all be dancing and loving it and crying hey now hey now Ugh, love it. I loved her romance between and Gordon was gonna be in Gordo was gonna be in the show too. Which is gonna be fabulous, so. Bummer, of course. Okay, second story of the day. Also from E! News, uh, something that I was actually really interested to hear about, George Clooney weighs in on alleged Tom Cruise tirade recording. Okay, I don't understand, first of all, why they keep calling this an alleged recording when it's not alleged, it actually happened. I mean, I don't know if they're using alleged for, like, legal purposes so Tom Cruise doesn't, you know, go suing everyone who literally released, which was, like, every news outlet basically today, I was getting notifications up the wazoo on my phone, like, CNN, Daily Mail, like, the Journal, uh, things I've never even heard of about, uh, you know, the recording that... I don't know if you had the chance to listen to it, but if you haven't, you definitely should, because it's worth listening to, and, you know... I expressed my thoughts yesterday about what I really thought about what he said, um, and, you know, his tone. But anyways, George Clooney uh, weighed in on what um, Mr. Cruz was saying, and I'm going to read that to you. But I have to say, I, um, I did listen to his recording again, and I listened to what Whoopi Goldberg said on The View today along with the other gals on the panel, and I really liked what they all had to say, because Whoopi is a superstar actress herself... And she says, you know, she's cussed people out before. So Whoopi was seeing it from the perspective, from the POV, of it was acceptable because Tom Cruise is in charge of everything. And, you know, so many people that we know, not meaning we know personally, but like so many people in the world are well aware of the fact that a lot of people are anti-maskers and don't believe in the virus and don't believe that wearing a mask saves lives, which we all know it does. So wear your mask. Um, but Whoopi was saying, you know, he's in charge of, you know, a huge set and a crew. And of course, you know, nobody knows how many times Tom Cruise has called out people. Anyways, let's just read the article. the one will let them. I just if you want to know a great, you know, point of view and perspective on the whole Tom Cruise uh situation, go to the view on YouTube. It's up. Um okay, so this is from E News once again, mere hours after Tom Cruise's alleged bombshell audio emerged, fellow Hollywood heavyweight George Clooney has revealed what he thinks about the entire ordeal. On Tuesday, December fifteenth, the sun leaked an audio recording. Uh, ...reportedly of crews screaming at members of the Mission Impossible 7 crew. E! News has not verified the authenticity of the recording, but two sources have confirmed its authenticity to the New York Times. In the recording, fans can hear what sounds like crews on an explicit lace tirade reprimanding unidentified people, in part for, quote, "...standing around a effing computer, seemingly in violation of social distancing protocols amid the coronavirus pandemic. It's unclear when and where the audio was recorded." When contacted by NBC News, a spokesperson for Paramount Pictures declined to comment. E! News also reached out to Cruz's rep for comment has not heard back, of course. During a remote interview with Howard Stern on December 16th, Clooney shared what he thought of the headline making audio. Quote, He didn't overreact because it is a problem, he told Stern. Uh, continuing, quote, I have a friend who's an 80 on another TV show who just had the almost exact same thing happen With not quite as far out a response, while Clooney could understand the gravity of the situation, he also would have handled it differently. Quote, "'I wouldn't have done it that big. I wouldn't have, you know, pulled people out,' he elaborated. "'You're in a position of power, and it's tricky, right? You do have a responsibility for everybody else, and he's absolutely right about that. And you know, if the production goes down, a lot of people lose their jobs. People have to understand that and have to be responsible.'" It's just not my style to, you know, take everybody to task that way. However, the multi-talented star pointed out we're only hearing one part of the story. Quote, "I think it doesn't help necessarily to point out the point out to specific people in that way and do that, but you know, everybody has their own style. The people who were on that shoot will tell us more about it." He told Stern, "I understand why he did it. He's not wrong at all about that. You know, I just I don't know that I would have done it quite that, personally, but I don't know all the circumstances, so maybe he had it 10 or 15 times before. He had done it 10 or 15 times before. So essentially what Tom, uh, George Clooney is saying is that his delivery would have been a bit different. And that makes sense, because George Clooney seems like a really cool, chill guy who's really sweet and, you know, just a, just a great big movie star. Um, and I agree, too. It's like, I think a lot of people understood the sentiment or, or the underlying message of what Tom Cruise was saying is that it's, it's so risky and difficult trying to make a film in these times, in these crazy times, where there's so many different new protocols and whatnot, and Tom Cruise is, of course, a producer, as I said in my last episode. But, you know, his delivery just could have been nicer, and it totally makes sense that George Clooney would have been, you know, a little more gentle with his words, because Clooney is just the sweetest guy ever. You know, he's Danny Ocean. Um, But yeah, it's a really murky and interesting um, time, so, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, third story of the day, run hop up over to people magazine, um, to talk about one of my favorites who's been, you know, in a bit of a uh, hot water as of late. Um, but she's, you know, the queen and I love her so much. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres opens up about excruciating back pain after COVID-19 diagnosis. It's quote bad. Okay. Um, this is from people. Sorry. Uh, pulling it up here. Okay. Ellen DeGeneres is speaking out about one of her symptoms of the novel coronavirus after she tested positive for COVID-19. The talk show host gave fans an update on her condition on Wednesday, sharing in a video that she's feeling, quote, 100% better. Um, She's feeling 100% despite learning that, quote, excruciating back pain is a symptom amongst those who have been diagnosed with the respiratory virus. Hi, everybody. Just saying thank you to all the well-wishers out there. Um, I appreciate it very much, DeGeneres began. I'm feeling 100%. I feel really good. One thing they don't tell you you get somehow excruciating back pain. She continued, adding that she quote didn't know that was a symptom. Who knew? How come? Degenerous news. Back pain. Bad. <laughs> I love a little humor, and I love Ellen. She's very funny. Um, the comedian first opened about her coronavirus diagnosis uh, on Thursday of last week in a statement on social media that she had tested positive for COVID nineteen. "Quote: Fortunately, I'm feeling fine right now," she wrote in a message on her Twitter. Anyone who has been in close contact with me has been notified, and I'm feeling following all the proper CDC guidelines. She's also on her um holiday uh hiatus um but yeah so i mean it's it's great that she's feeling good i i um i do remember uh maybe in the, uh, maybe first three or four students of the ellen show she had back surgery or she threw her back out and she was in a hospital bed on her show and she's doing the show that way and then all the guests are in a hospital bed too it was really cute but yeah it's uh i'm glad ellen's feeling better and you know knock on wood that she has a healthy recovery as as is everyone who is um You know, carrying the vicious virus. Uh, now we bring ourselves to our fourth and final story of the day, which, um, I didn't have pulled up. I'm so sorry. I'm so unprepared today. But you know, I'm just like (laughs) all over the place. Um, to just bear with me here. I can't wait for like, what's everybody gonna be doing for the New Year? I don't know. It's gonna be like i'll probably be home of course i'm not gonna be celebrating with any parties because of you know cdc guidelines and being safe and like saving lives but maybe i'll uh watch the ball drop on my tv or open a pop up bottle of champagne spend the day with my puppy i don't know let's we'll see okay uh fourth and final story of the day from page six real housewives of new york's leah mcsweeney protests restaurant shutdown in new york city um we all know governor cuono shut down indoor dining i think it was this week but Uh, Leah, who is now going on her second season of the show, is protesting. Leah McSweeney may have been, quote, disgusted at how Ramona Singer spent her quarantine this spring, but the two real houses of New York co-stars came together for a common cause on Tuesday. McSweeney, 38, attended a rally in Times Square to protest Governor Andrew Cuomo's decision to close indoor dining in New York City among the COVID-19 pandemic. Protesters also demanded a bailout for restaurant owners. McSweeney shared photos from the protest saying, quote, this isn't about dining out. Open your eyes. This is about hardworking people, small business owners in NYC. There is no NYC without restaurants, our sous chef, our busboys and bartenders, wait staff, etc. They need help. 1.4% transmission rate indoor dining does not warrant plummeting all of these people into poverty. Please pay attention. These photos say it all. The married to the mob founder, is very vocal about her political views and has shared videos of the Black Lives Matter protests on social media to educate her fans. She also slammed de Blasio this summer, who is the mayor of New York, telling the New York Post, quote, No one thinks he's doing a good job and he really should step down. His legacy will be ruining New York City for a good amount of time. He's just in over his head. More recently, she and her sister Sarah held an online auction to benefit undocumented workers who are out of work due to the pandemic. Um... Yeah, I like Leah McSweeney. Leah McSweeney a lot. She really made her mark in her first season. I'm really glad she's coming back. Yeah, I, I totally understand it. I mean, I know why they closed dining here in LA, even outdoor dining, because uh, our numbers are much higher. But um, I guess the numbers in New York are really low. I don't know about the logistics about you know what's the CDC thinks about all that. But um, you know, she's a gal out about town, protesting and advocating for what she believes is right, and uh, I love to see it, and that's great. So. Yeah. Okay, everybody, that is my Thursday episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm Andrew, the Mistress of Pop Culture. You can stream my podcast on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, Radio, Google Podcasts, uh, iTunes, and the podcast app on the iPhone, basically anywhere we're podcast stream. And I'll be back tomorrow, Friday, for our uh, end-of-the-year episode, Christmas uh, goodbye, and uh, we'll recap everything, you know, some stories, and also talk about, you know, the year I had and everything that's gone down. Thank you so much for listening, as always. I'm so grateful. Wear masks, social distance, wash your hands, stay home, and be safe. Bye, everyone.